the week of March 18th, I will be hosting a free five-day hyperthyroid healing diet challenge. This is the first time I'll be doing this challenge in over two years. And whether you have Graves' disease, toxic multinodular goiter, or a different hyperthyroid condition, this challenge can benefit you. To register for the free hyperthyroid healing diet challenge, visit hyperthyroidhealing.com. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I will be chatting with Jeffrey Smith, who will answer the question, can gene editing and fake meat trigger thyroid autoimmunity? Okay, so the truth is that Jeffrey isn't directly answering the question, as I took this clip from a recent episode where Jeffrey and I chatted about GMOs and glyphosate, and you can check out the entire episode by visiting saymythyroid.com forward slash 119. I just wanted to focus on this part of the episode and expand on it, which I'll do after you listen to the clip or re-listen to it if you have already listened to episode number 119. If you or anyone you know eat Impossible Burgers, you definitely will want to listen to this. But even if you don't eat fake meat, the information on gene editing is truly eye-opening. Welcome to the Save My Thyroid podcast, hosted by Dr. Eric Osansky. To stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics, visit SaveMyThyroid.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now let's head to the show. So you would think that the regulatory agencies would say, no, you can't put any gene-edited food onto the market unless it's thoroughly tested, and they don't. They have been tricked by the biotech industry, who created an echo chamber of scientists saying, oh, it's safe, it's natural, it's precise. Using the same adjectives, they tried to describe GMO 1.0 years ago, and finally people realized, no, it's not true. So they've gotten countries to deregulate, turn the other way on gene-edited products that don't have foreign genes put in, thinking that, oh, it's not a GMO. It is a GMO, and it's very dangerous. But in the United States, no labeling and no testing. Now in Canada, the UK, Japan, Australia, India, Brazil, Argentina. And there's a company that's bragging, Conscious Foods, creating mustard greens and other greens, saying we're gene-editing our salad for delivery to you through catering organizations and restaurants so they don't have to label it. And that's a disaster because now virtually anyone can create a gene-edited food. A CRISPR lab, which in its most basic form, CRISPR is a form of gene editing, can cost less than $2,000. You need to do a little bit more if you're going to create a food, but it's being distributed in high schools. And so we're in a situation where stealth GMOs will flood our food supply and you can't easily test for them unless they're registered and you know what to look for. So our entire food supply is about to be contaminated unless we do something to stop it. So the Institute for Responsible Technology, which has been pioneering evidence about the health dangers around the world, building up a global movement, we see the possibility of a reversal of all of our wins because of gene editing. And that's just in food. But Eric, the worst situation is there's a gene rush to create GMOs quickly to solve all sorts of problems, real or made up, by entrepreneurs and academics 
who are going after insects and fish and trees and grass and pets. So we're talking about GMOs that once you release, you cannot recall. And you don't know what the outcome is going to be years on. Like the 24 rabbits released in Australia in 1859 so that visitors felt more comfortable so they can hunt rabbits. By the 1920s, there was over 10 billion because rabbits multiply like rabbits. So we don't know what's going to happen when we introduce these GMOs from gene editing. We do know the most common result of gene editing and GMOs in general are surprise side effects. So we may end biological evolution as we know it in this generation, now that we have the capacity to redirect the streams of evolution intentionally or accidentally. Even by high school students, who are assigned to use CRISPR kits and labs in science class. The most serious, the most dangerous, the most urgent situation is also around the most common species that are genetically engineered, and that's microbes. On our website at responsibletechnology.org, you can watch a 16-minute film called Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle. And it's about the dangers of genetically engineered microorganisms, and it's way, way worse than you can imagine. In the early 90s, there was a genetically engineered microbe that was nearly released. If it had been released as scheduled, as you'll see by the interview of this uh, former professor of, I of Oregon State University, it may have theoretically ended terrestrial plant life. Another one could have theoretically altered weather patterns. And these are just two genetically engineered microbes that might have caused these cataclysms simply doing what it was designed to do, but better than the engineers thought in more ecosystems. But when you release a genetically engineered microbe, microbes travel, microbes mutate, microbes swap genes with other microbes. Now the microbes co-evolved with us so that we actually rely on each other, and they're an int intimate and intricate part of our health and of our ecosystem and of our soil. Algae produces most of the Earth's oxygen. Mycorrhizal fungi networks shuttle nutrients between trees, keeping forests healthy. Soil microbes support the health of plants and draw down carbon. Up to 80% of human diseases find their basis in dysbiosis or dysfunctional microbiomes. We've outsourced up to 90% of our metabolic and chemical functions to the microbes living inside us. We can get away with a measly 23,000 genes because we use the genetic information from the 3.5 million genes of the microbial communities living inside us. But we've co-evolved with that. Now you introduce a genetically engineered gene that didn't co-evolve with us. You release it from a science student or a university student or someone that's trying to fix the soil, and it ends up in our gut, and it changes the nature of nature in ways that we can't predict. And it swaps the gene with genes inside us. Like one microbiologist talked about when you release gene, uh, microbes into the soil that are genetically engineered, you equip them with antimicrobials to kill other microbes to survive the competition. You equip them with antibiotic resistance. Now, what if the antimicrobial antibiotic resistance genetic cassette 
is eaten because it's on soil. You lick your hands. And now some pathogen picks those up. And now it can kill other microbes. And it doesn't die from antibiotics. And it can live long and prosper. And then that can get out and create new pandemics. And we can create these new pandemics just by distributing CRISPR kits to schools. So there is an urgency like never before. And Institute for Responsible Technology, we're taking the lead at building a new global movement. And we'd like to invite all your listeners to come to responsibletechnology.org, sign up for our newsletter. Please make a recurring donation, even five bucks. It's so much more expensive to create new national laws and international treaties than it has been for the 20 years in consumer education. And we're bringing movements of movements, healthcare practitioners. We have a program we're launching for them. We're bringing natural products companies and supplement companies in that industry, regenerative agriculture, which relies on microbes, the climate change movement, which relies now on drawing down carbon, using the soil microbes, being healthy and doing what they were designed to do. Ocean preservationists, environmentalists, even the spiritual and and religious people that believe GMO means God move over, all of them coming together to focus our energies on massive education, popular culture, and then new laws and international treaties to lock down and protect the microbiome from this unprecedented threat from cheap, unregulated, irrecoverable, irreversible, accident-prone gene editing technology. Wow. Well, yeah, very scary, but very important that you mentioned this. And yeah, I I actually watched that video, the 60-minute video. So yeah, definitely recommend to also visit responsibletechnology.org. Again, make that donation. We definitely want to prevent GMO 3.0 from developing. I mean, it's... (laughs) I mean, and obviously try to do what we can right now with, you know, existing GMO 2.0. And one more quick question, as far as lab-grown meat, is that also under the category of GMO 2.0? Is that something separate? Some of it is and some of it isn't. You can clone things without it being genetically modified, but a lot of them use gene editing at the same time. I'm not an expert at the cloning. I do know that when you create a GMO, you can clone in advance cells before you insert the gene editing or regular GMO mechanism. And then once the cell is transformed with the GMO, you then clone it into a plant. And that causes massive collateral damage, hundreds or thousands of mutations from that process alone. So even if you happen to get lucky and your gene editing happens to not cut in all the wrong places and create deletions and create additions and any mutations that it'll inevitably do don't turn out to be mission critical. Just growing the plant for food can cause serious problems that may end up in the food we're eating. I also am in favor of avoiding these fake meat programs. And one example that I think is particularly dangerous, in my opinion, is Impossible Burger. Impossible Burger not only has genetically engineered soy sprayed with Roundup, you can can calculate how much Roundup is there by sending it to a lab, and it's high. The red color that makes it look like fake blood and meat comes from genetically engineered yeast, where they put in 
genes from the roots of soy. Now, we don't eat soy roots. So this has never been in the food supply. And when they asked the FDA, can you give us generally recognized as safe status, the FDA scientists under the Obama administration said, no way. This has never been in the human food supply. And by the way, when you scoop this up from your fermentation vats, this leg hemoglobin that's red colored, you end up with 30% of that scoop are other stuff that you don't purify out that has 46 other uncharacterized proteins, also not part of the food supply. So no, we're not giving you any letter. But because Monsanto was in charge of policy at the FDA over GMOs, the Impossible Burger Company said, all right, we'll put it on the market anyway. We don't need grass status. But under the Trump administration, with no additional data, the FDA reversed its position and said, we'll call it grass, generally recognized as safe. Now, we know that many people that have eaten the Impossible Burger have reported problems, sickness, or symptoms. We've heard that from other nonprofits that haven't yet published their results. So it's hard to point to that. But I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't test my body on this genetically engineered situation. Now, I mentioned that you genetically engineer yeast with genes from soy to produce the protein that's normally created in the root. That's called synthetic biology. And that's not something that's just new. It was used in the 80s to create L-tryptophan, the supplement that we talked about earlier, as a, and that had some problems. It caused the death of about 100 Americans and five to 10,000 fell sick from the genetically engineered version of the bacteria used to create the L-tryptophan, and we think it was the GMO that caused the problem. But that's now being used to create proteins and enzymes and medicines and supplements. And they're genetically engineering yeast or algae or bacteria and then fermenting it and then supposedly purifying and isolating the byproduct. But what do they do with their yeast and bacteria and algae? What if it escapes? What if it's not killed completely? That's another source of genetically modified microorganisms that we may end up in our gut. So the ones that are producing opioids or CBD or medicines may be in our gut producing it 24-7 or industrial enzymes. Or the two companies we know about, because they're bragging about it, have genetically engineered soil microbes in up to 43 million acres and up to 5 trillion microbes per acre. What happens when that gets into the gut bacteria? And that industry is about to explode. So we are in an urgent situation, Eric, to stop the release of genetically engineered microbes while we still have a rather young industry with less power. And we are just coming off a pandemic when we realize that microbes can travel, mutate, and wreak havoc. And we have a growing ban gain of function movement that have the right idea as a start. They just don't understand the biology that it's not just potential pandemic pathogens that need to be banned from gain of function, but any microbe Common everyday microorganisms cannot be released if we're to maintain nature as it has been inherited by us to give to future generations. So we think the good news is I think everyone just got it. 
it doesn't take long to go, oh my God, that's so important. That's one of the greatest assets. And we have all these different groups that rely on a healthy microbiome for their success. They just need to hear this. So please share this recording with other people. Send them to Responsible Technology. Share the 16-minute video. Don't let the gene out of the bottle because we need a critical mass. And it turns out that ends up changing human history. Somehow consciousness doesn't act in a linear, local fashion. We do tend to shift as a system. And it takes a critical number of people getting it. So don't just look at it lightly. Be one of those critical numbers. Understand this. Even just understanding and appreciating and realizing we need to protect nature now. We need to protect nature immediately, change our relationship with nature now that we have the ability to damage all living beings and all future generations. That shift in relationship is what we intend to create globally as the antidote to this new dangerous technology. So that was the part of the interview where Jeffrey focused on gene editing and fake meat such as the Impossible Burger. And so how can this lead to an autoimmune thyroid condition such as Graves' disease or Hashimoto's? Well, the truth is that as far as I know, there is no evidence that gene editing or eating fake meat can directly be a trigger, but Jeffrey Smith explained how it can potentially impact the gut microbiome in a negative way. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you know that most of the immune system cells are located in the gut, and therefore having a healthy gut is necessary for a healthy immune system. My younger sister has been eating Impossible Burgers for who knows how long. And as far as I know, she doesn't have an autoimmune condition, although most autoimmune conditions take many years to manifest. Anyway, GMOs are definitely an area of controversy. And I can't honestly say that since being in remission from Gravesies back in 2009, that I have 100% avoided GMOs. If you eat out at all, you probably are going to be exposed to some GMOs, no matter how healthy you try to eat, which is why you want to eat in most of the time. And of course, try to buy food that is organic. As Jeffrey said, this is an urgent situation. And so at the very least, I would sign up for the newsletter by visiting responsibletechnology.org. I also chose to make a recurrent donation. And if you want to do this as well, you could visit the website savemythower.com forward slash save the planet. The Institute for Responsible Technology is offering some amazing gifts with a monthly donation of at least $25 per month. This includes a free one-year membership to the self-care advocate community, access to the health and GMOs learning module, the GMO 2.0 learning module, the GMO free community newsletter, and 20 plus years of curated resources. To find out more about this, visit savemythower.com forward slash save the planet. And if you haven't yet listened to my conversation with Jeffrey Smith, you could do so by visiting a website I just mentioned or by visiting savemythower.com forward slash 119. Anyway, that is the response to the question, can gene editing and fake meat trigger thyroid autoimmunity? The truth is, at this time, we don't know if these can lead to autoimmunity, but if it impacts the gut microbiome like Jeffrey discussed, then it's certainly possible. As usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
I'm super excited to announce the upcoming release of my third thyroid-related book and the second one I've written on hyperthyroidism. It will be called the Hyperthyroid Healing Diet, and it will be released on Monday, March 11th. Although there is a chapter that focuses on diet in my book, Natural Treatment Solutions for Hyperthyroidism and Graves' Disease, the Hyperthyroid Healing Diet will go into much greater detail, as it will be the most comprehensive book related to diet and hyperthyroidism. There will be a significant discount for those who purchase the book for the first week after its release, and those who purchase the book will also get access to the resources, which will include dozens of recipes, checklists, along with a few bonus chapters not included in the book. And those who join my book support team will receive some other cool perks. If you'd like to join my hyperthyroid healing diet book support team, you can visit savemythyroid.com forward slash book support.